0: Well, it's been a fairly quiet session today. Data from the US has been mixed, but nothing too alarming. We've got one Fed dove sounding a little more hawkish. We have the ECB sticking to their guns on inflation. But we do have to worry about higher infection rates... In places where injection rates are lower, much of Europe included. And the UK consumer confidence and retail sales today. And how seriously should we take the threat of the UK invoking Article 16 and kicking off a trade war with Europe? It's Friday, the 19th of November 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar losing a bit of ground again today, but it's still up on the Japanese yen, but it's lost a third of 1% on the Swiss franc. And there's been a sharp rise in the euro, up about half a percent. And a bounce back in US equities, the SP 500 and NASDAQ, both up almost 0.3%. The Dow is down a tiny bit. European stocks down a lot more. The FTSE 100 has lost half a percent. The euro stocks 50 down 0.4%. We've had a big fall in Alibaba stocks in the US, down over 10% this morning. Uh, Apple's doing okay, though, because they're announcing a fully autonomous car using their own microchips in production by 2025 get your order in now in the meantime you can buy shares uh us bonds very little movement but yields down across europe 10-year government bond yields are down three basis points in germany four uh for the uk and france uh, more in some parts of the continent On oil what do you reckon well it's been anyone's guess lately hasn't it but this morning it's up a 0.7 percent rise in wti a 0.9 percent uh, rise for brent despite plans to uh, release more US reserves. It happened for a while uh, with Joe Biden urging others to do the same, uh, but it seems like it's bouncing back now. So what is all this telling us? Confusion, I think. Let's see how confused Gavin Friend is from NAB in London. So uh, it, you know, it seems, Gavin, a lot of what was down yesterday is up today and vice versa. There's not a lot of direction in uh, in anything right now, is there? except perhaps bond yields maybe, because the trend there does seem to be heading down. Ten-year Treasury yields hovering around. now.
1: Morning, Phil. I think you're right. I mean, for once, you know, not a day with significant event risk or data flow. And, um, you know, if one, as you say, one looks at equities and bond yields, it's been a reasonably stable one compared to, you know, what we've seen of late. Some positive earnings stories from companies in the semiconductor space like NVIDIA. Um, And recall on that subject, Ford and GM uh, last week talking about... um, their um, line of sight that um, pressures are easing a little bit there on the semi- semiconductor space. Today, Ford announcing. Well, yesterday ford announcing um uh, a uh, collaboration with a chip manufacturer to increase the supply of us chips that's positive news we have to remember on the stock side for all you know uh, the non movement we are you know very close to all time highs on the nasdaq on the s&p euro yeah. stocks msci world or world indexes oil you mentioned um yeah, so a slight bounce from that to over 3% decline on Wednesday that was driven by, as you mentioned, thoughts of US and China, perhaps both releasing strategic oil reserves, um, domestic politics playing out there in the US. Recall Biden and President Xi had um, their first so-called summit um, earlier this week. And so the backdrop of that, I think, is adding to some mystique here. Mm. The IEA weighing in with... Um, you know, was saying that some of the current tightness in the market is easing. That's encouraging. I think from a technical perspective on oil, WTI at least, the break below 79 yesterday hasn't been surpassed back on the way up yet, even though you say we had a small bounce on the day. And I think that just offers – chance of some further losses whilst it stays below that level. We'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, and
0: you made a point as well there that you know that, that maybe we are seeing an easing in, uh, in supply chains as well. Perhaps at long last we are going to see, and with that, jobs come bouncing back, because that's been the big disappointment, hasn't it? So we had uh, if we look at some of the data we had overnight, so we had the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index, which is up from 23.8 to 39, which is good. Business conditions are up, new orders are up. Prices paid, though, has gone from 70 to 80, and employment is down down, I guess you know. There's you know. It's it's hard to get workers, or it's not worth getting workers if you if you, if, you, if you can't complete the orders because you're not getting the deliverables. But maybe that maybe that'll change. So maybe this is uh, you know because because everything else is looking great, isn't it? The orders are there. It's just you know, can we fulfil them? Yeah,
1: it's all incremental change, isn't it? I mean, apart from new orders. I mean, there's a six over a 16 point jump there. That's a big move, the high, highest since 1973, and I think that probably gels with. You know the strength that we've seen in uh, some of the uh, last months at least isms you, you think about the um, the numbers we had out of industrial production manufacturing rises this week, aided by the auto sector the gels with that. Um, you're right, the prices paid thing is disappointing. It, it tells us this is you know going to take a time to, to to work through, but encouragingly delivery times all the backlogs, yes, they're elevated, but they're not. At the absolute highs, it's starting to roll over. It's incremental. You know, when power when Chairman Powell talks about, we should certainly be seeing some um some easing of tensions, um, healing of the labour market, and the um, supply chain disruptions by Q2, Q3 next year. That's Q2, Q3 next year.
0: It's yes, a long way away. It's yeah, exactly. We might be seeing now. It doesn't
1: mean that we can't get there sooner, but for the moment, it doesn't look like it,
0: does it? No, although, you know, green shoots, green shoots. So, the the, the uh, initial jobless claims in the US, you know, they were disappointing because they they haven't moved uh, down as much as we might like from 269,000 to 268,000. Whoopie-doo. Uh, but it is the right direction even though it's very slow. Uh, I mean, the expectation was it, it would be down to 260,000, um, but which would have been the lowest since the pandemic started. So, it's a bit of a disappointment. But again, you know, if the supply Chains improve, then obviously those numbers are, are, are going to go up. As so long as the supply chain is disjointed, those numbers aren't going to go back up in a hurry.
1: No, the trend is clearly down on that. I guess the one thing that we'd caution of is is that we're coming into the holiday period where you're going to get probably some choppy numbers. So we might not be able to see that trend so visible for a little period, but um, it is certainly down. And to, to that point, you know, to the labor market generally, I mean, there is a, a view now that job creation is starting is starting to come back because we're working through all of all of those issues that have been potential um, you know headwinds to um, increasing labor supply and the rising participation rate things like the generous benefits that were going on the child care the difficulty you get in getting child care all, all those kinds of things should be starting to fall out now that those schemes have ended so we're moving now into a period a multi-month period where we should start to see um you know, much higher numbers on or reasonably higher numbers on the non-farm payroll and the participation rate moving up. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what that does to the unemployment rate and to maximum employment. But uh, it'll be a step in the right
0: direction. And what does it do to inflation is the other thing as well. If we've got more people back at work, supply chains are, are, are coming back online. Uh, does uh, does inflation start to drop, you know, that quickly? I mean, we had Joe, the Fed's John Williams from New York. Uh, to taking almost the opposite stance from what he has been taking, saying, you know, he is worried about inflation. Uh, it can't move up any further. He doesn't want to see it going any higher than it is, which is sort of suggesting he would actually prepare, be prepared to see tightening a little faster. And he's uh, he's normally, uh, uh, you know, thinking the other way, isn't he?
1: That's right. I mean, you know, on those labour market numbers, you, you know, you're thinking if, if, if the... Um Participation rate starts to pick up, and we get uh, you know more people coming back into the labour market. You'd expect you know a disproportionate number of sort of you know lower earners in the hospitality and leisure sectors to come back in, and that all those equal that should bring down average hourly earnings. Um, but you're right, Williams. You know he has been more circumspect on inflation, and he's acknowledging the pick up, the broadness of the rise in inflation. Recall that six point two number. Uh, last week, um, and adding that, you know, this has picked up inflation expectations. And he, he wouldn't want to see that pick up materially from here. So when, when we feel like John Williams are talking
0: like that, does that mean that we should be, the expectations well, of a rate rise are going to be brought no, forward next Well,
1: year? I, I just think we need to, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the, the dominoes are dropping, aren't they? You know, as the longer this thing goes on, it still, there's, a, there's, still a, there's still a gap between that and, you know, what I just said about Powell and Q2, Q3, and I suspect Brainerd and others are in that camp. Um, but, but, but just on the inflation expectations thing, yes, we're, at, you know, we've, we've blown through, you know, multi-year highs in the three-year, two-year, three-year. We're at, uh, multi-decade highs back where we were in the early noughties, you know, at 275 or so in the tens. But if you look at it, that's, that's on a CPI basis. If you look at it on a five-year, you know, five-year, five-year, you break it down forward basis, it's, it's about 230. On a core PCE basis, we'd be down at, you know, nearer 2%. So, chairman Powell, there's lots of ways of slicing and dicing inflation expectations there's lots of criticism about the way it's done so you know i don't think um you know, the Fed's going to be panicking. At least the, the top brass of the Fed are going to be panicking on this, but they're obviously keeping a watchful eye
0: on Right, and they're certainly not panicking in Europe, are they? So the ECB, uh, Philip Lane, was talking yesterday. Again, inflation is transitory. Bottlenecks are going to ease. It's going to be all right, in other words. Uh, so need, no immediate need for, for action. But we had the euro up quite a bit today. What's driving that?
1: Well, I just think, you know, we've had a we've had a good... You know, um, run up in the dollar in the last few days, and that's been predicated on this outperformance of US economic numbers, the the whole relative ECB uh, Fed rate debate, um, and also I think very importantly, you know the COVID. Uh, fourth and fifth wave, waves that are raging through Europe—they'll get on top of that. But you've also—but you've got some difficult issues. You've got some, you know, hardline anti-vax areas in parts of Central and Eastern Europe, parts of Northern Europe. That's got to get, and you know, there, there are curfews, there are lockdowns, partial lockdowns yeah. to get on top of this, and eventually they will. You just wonder on this whether this is history repeating itself in terms of this is how it played out you know in early 2020 it went through those multi-generational households in italy in france what have you down through the uk and then eventually to america america's got its own pockets of you know the unvaxed in areas where you know the the, the where 30 40 percent or so uh are, are not vaxxed at all i mean so we can't discount that this is not going to jump across the states at some point yeah. eventually we'll see how that plays out the, the one thing we do worry about with europe is the energy crisis because that really um you know what we're learning with Nord Stream two, what is going on on europe's eastern flank with the ukraine and um, belarus is a serious situation and you know, you think about the geopolitics of this. They're very complicated, very intertwined, and it doesn't look like there's any short-term answer, medium-term answer for Europe's energy crisis. I think the UK is in a slightly more advantageous position here. It's It looks like it's getting some LNG from Qatar. It gets a lot of energy from Norway. It's far less beholden to Russia. Than the rest of Europe and it doesn't seem to be um, a solution there in you know, and uh, in the sort of short to medium term I think that's that's more of a worry yeah
0: it's going to be a winter of discontent isn't it but look we get uh, consumer confidence numbers for the UK to date that's going to be tough isn't it with uh, you know if you look at where they're going and hand in glove with that retail sales as well which were down in September is that is that going to pick up a bit or do you think you know they're facing higher prices higher taxes less welfare uh, the threat of high interest <laughs> rates um you know it's not not a rosy picture coming into winter
1: well these are numbers for october uh, they are forecast to be mm-hmm. down um, at the headline of, sort of um 1.9 on the year but on the month slightly up from last month but of course this was the period when consumers in the uk knew that um, energy prices were going to go up so there's a question about whether they decided to hunker down ahead of that ahead of the debate on possible rising in mortgage rates um On the other side, they have near £200 billion worth of excess savings. So they may have dipped into that. And there is a lot of... Emergency, if you like, out there in the media to get your Christmas presents in now because because of the supply chain shortages and maybe people are spending already. We'll see.
0: Uh, other inflation numbers we get them for Japan today. It's getting so out of control. Inflation is actually a positive number in Japan at the moment. Is it going to is it going to stay there? Uh, we get Fed speakers as well, and we might find out who the uh, the next Fed chair is. Uh, we know we're going to find out by Thanksgiving. We might actually find out today. Do you think it'll be Powell?
1: Um, well, the uh, the betting markets where the real money is suggest it's going to be Powell. I mean, it's certainly our view that, um, you know, why would um, President Biden want to? He's got two good candidates there who can both remain in the Fed, you know, with with Brainard perhaps put in charge of regulation that would tick a few boxes. Yeah,
0: why not take both? Yeah, I
1: I, I I think President Biden has got enough on his plate domestically to to worry about, um, you know, any sort of uh, disruptions to the continuity issue at the Fed. Right,
0: now a very quick answer from you, a one-word answer perhaps, and we can perhaps talk about it next week if we've got more time. But uh, behind all this, we've got the UK EU tensions. We've got the threat of the Article 16 being invo- invoked by uh, the UK, uh, the trade war that flows on from that. Is this something that we should worry about, or is it just a storm in a teacup?
1: Yes, it is something we should worry about. Um, you know, the UK government has made it pretty clear that it's very prepared to trigger Article 16 if it doesn't get everything that it wants from this. And there, there are key talks today between the two players, main players on this. Um, we'll see whether they're going to have some good news on things like medicines and what have you. Base case view is still, however, that there is a long way to go uh, on issues such as the European Court of Justice. And um, the UK government doesn't sound like it's um, it's bluffing at the moment.
0: So it could all blow up, couldn't it, at some point in the near future? That's certainly one to watch. Uh, we'll leave it there for now, though. Good to talk. Catch you soon, Gavin. Cheers, Phil. Thank you. God, could it really be back to the drawing board with Brexit? That's it for this week on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby from NAB, back again on Monday morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening this week.